I want to talk to you this morning about Thanksgiving in tough living. Anybody ever gone through some tough times? Anybody going through some tough times now? <laughs> Amen. This country was started in tough times. I want to read to you, I want to quote uh, from Miles Standish writings, uh, it's a, or a story about Miles Standish and the, the uh, pilgrims when they first came. It's interesting to look at this, the, the spelling in here is uh, the old English spelling. But I want to share with you some things that um, was written by our uh, founding fathers, so to speak. Those that came, came for a new life, came for religious freedom, and uh, they encountered some very, very challenging times. Um, it says, then the sickness began, began to fall, sore among them, and the weather was so bad that governor and chief among them, seeing so many die and fall down sick daily, thought it no wisdom to send away the ship. They were going to keep the Mayflower there in the harbor. Captain, Captain Miles Standish had been uh, much at his wife Rose's bedside, as much time, that is, as he could spare from the stalking game, guarding against savages and felling trees to construct crude homes on shore. A bitter wind whistled through the chinks and cracks in the Mayflower, anchored in, in uh, Plymouth Harbor that winter of 1620 and 21. Rose's chills would turn to uncontrollable shaking. Then just as suddenly, her body would be ablaze with fever. Herbs from the surgeon's chest did not relieve her. By spring, only five wives remained out of the 18 who had sailed to Plymouth. Rose was not among them. They go on to talk about the golden dreams of a new world that Miles and Rose had cherished together, had evaporated into um, hollow hopes. And yet, that fall, Captain Standish joined other bereaved pilgrims in the first Thanksgiving celebration. Talk about a, a test of Thanksgiving. The real test of, of thankfulness is whether we can give thanks uh, from our heart, from our innermost being, for what we do have despite the wounds and uh, the pains of yesterday's struggles. That's the real test of thankfulness. Thanking God for what we do have, uh, in spite of the challenges, the difficulties, the pain, and the struggles that's going on around us. You know, really, ours is some, uh, it, um, our faith is strong, and it's not a fair-weathered faith. It's not just for when things are going good. Our faith, really, I think we see it more uh, at what we really need it to be in the struggles and the difficult times of our life. It's resilient and uh, uh, it, it, um, and it shows that strength in the midst of pain. So we shouldn't really, you know, ask God to take away our, our troubles. We ought to ask God to give us strength in the midst of the struggle, struggles. God doesn't give us the um, problems to equal to our strength. He gives us strength equal to our problems. And so we ought to thank God for that. If he thought that we can't handle it, he gives, he gives to us more strength in the midst of that. You know, the pilgrims lived close to the edge of survival. Can you imagine? And, um, but that's probably why they were so thankful. If you look back at a lot of things that you're really thankful for, it's probably because of what you came through uh, and what you were going through at that time. I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles this morning to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we want to read from verses 3 through 9. Peter gives us some instructions, and he talks about some problems, and he talks about some thankfulness. 
And I think that we can learn some things from this today that will uh, be foundational principles for our life, our spiritual life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, reading from the New International Version, Peter writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who uh, through, through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. These things that we just read. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, everybody say for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Just help us to see your word today in the everyday situations of our life. Help us to hear your voice speaking to us and encouraging us and challenging us today to be thankful, to look around and realize what we truly should be thankful for in the midst of tough living. Lord, just uh, let these words find lodging in our heart and produce a harvest of strength and courage in, in you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, at different times in your life, you're going to find yourself in this kind of a situation when that you're in the midst of a storm that you did not uh, cause you didn't, and that you cannot control and that uh, you will have no choice but to wait it out. Uh, you know, these kinds of problems are often the most difficult ones to face because we feel so hopeless. We feel like that, that there's nothing that we can do. No ability, no strength, no amount of money or whatever can solve this problem. And um, we feel so helpless. You know, and from the depths of our soul, we uh, search for the answer why, but that answer doesn't come. And so it's a time for us to put our trust and our expectation in the Lord. We want answers. One person said answers are for uh, the people that, um, uh, or for other people's problems. We always have answers for other people's problems, but we just don't have answers for our own problems, right? And, um, you know, uh, another person said, why can't, we, why can't life's problems come to us when we're 18 and we know everything? You know, then, then we can handle them and solve them. But um, problems just come. And um, Peter was, uh, and this passage here in First Peter was written for people in this type of situation, this predicament. And Peter says in verse 6 there, chapter 1, verse 6, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Say all kinds of trials. All kinds of trials. Wow. And that word is translated, uh, that's translated trials literally means adversity or problems. 
So in all kinds of problems, in all kinds of adversity, he says, uh, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of adversity, all kinds of problems, all kinds of trials, he said. So basically, what Peter's saying, he says, you know, I realize that you're going through all kinds of problems, and, um, you know, and he's, just not, he's not just talking about persecution or threat of death, but uh, he also means health problems, money problems, family problems, work problems, and uh, any other kind of problems that we might have. He says all kinds of problems. How I many you know that there's a lot of problems out there? Amen? But the scripture is, is clear, and uh, it, it, it doesn't beat around the bush. It's very clear in saying that we will have problems. A lot of people think that when you get saved that, hey, all your problems go away. Not at all. But what I'm thankful for is that when I have a problem, I know a God who can solve them. Amen? And um, that's what we have to learn is how to be thankful in the midst of all of these things. And, and um, you know, Peter conveys three principles here through this passage of Scripture that I've found that is an encouragement to me, but, uh, and it, it, it helps me, and I believe it will help you, to endure the problems that we cannot solve, the problems that we uh, cannot find a solution to, and it results really in thanksgiving and tough living. The first thing is that we need to realize, the first thing that I see here that Peter talks about in problems is that problems are temporary. And uh, some of you might say, well, this one's been hanging around for a long time. <laughs> problems are temporary. Um, you know, when, when Peter makes reference to that we're going through all kinds of trials there in verse 6, he includes this qualifying phrase, though now, though now for a little while. I like this passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. People say, what's your favorite verse? And I said, well, this week, <laughs> this week, it's the, this, this verse. You know, the, the word is so alive and it means so much that, you know, every day we ought to find, uh, you know, hey, this is my, my favorite verse because today it means something for me, to me. And it will every day of your life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all these problems that we're having. An eternal glory. A glory, a uh, uh, a strength, you know, glory is abundance, authority, power, wealth, character that's being developed. This, uh, these problems are accomplishing for us. They are um, uh, helping us to develop a character, if you will, a glory that's going to last throughout all eternity. It's eternal. Also, that it is an eternal glory in the sense that uh, Solomon in in his writings said that God has placed eternity in the hearts of man. Eternity, that uh, something, that, that eternal life, that power, that strength, that life uh, uh, within us, that is eternity that dispels darkness. And so when it talks about eternal glory, it's a, it's a glory that's not just for you know, retirement, but it's an eternal glory that will endure for all eternity now and in the days to come. An eternal glory, which means it's a character that's going to get me through my trouble, my problem right now. 
So he says, for our light and momentary struggles. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Think about that. In your midst of your trouble that you're going right through right now, find your greatest problem that you're, that's facing you right now and call it light and momentary. It's a light problem, not, not a light as in a <laughs> glowing type thing, but uh, a lightweight problem. It is a momentary trouble, and it's achieving for you an eternal glory that far outweighs the problem. And he says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but, what on, but upon what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So what you're seeing, the problem that you're seeing is just temporary. What is unseen is eternal. What you can't see is that what's being developed within you is an eternal glory that outweighs all the problems now and the problems that will come in the future that, that are equal to these problems now. You get strength. When you overcome this problem, then, you know, when you get down here in this stage of your life or around this junction, this corner in your life, that eternal glory that was developed at that junction in your life at that problem ought to still be a strength for you here that got you past it there it can get you past it here amen, amen? and he says what is seen is temporary so this problem's temporary that's the first thing that we learn about problems that they're temporary they're momentary they don't last forever somebody ought to say amen praise god it's not going to last forever this problem is going to go away i'm going to outlive it I never expected to live this long. If, I would, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. <laughs> yeah. but now i got two titanium hips and some uh, wired, my jaws are wired. i got stainless steel in my, my jaws. i got some screws and things here and there. i got a few loose screws and some. <laughs> but uh, what I have learned is, is you know what, eventually I'm going to outlive that problem. <laughs> and what I know is I'm going to live forever since I love Jesus and I've received him as my Lord and Savior so I'm going to outlive every problem that comes against me therefore I can boldly say that no weapon that's formed against me can prosper it cannot succeed everything that the devil brings against me it's not going to work it's going to fall by the wayside because it's only temporary you know we ought to have this attitude really for all of life that what is seen is just temporary. The, hey, the good stuff and the bad stuff. You know, we, our possessions and our problems. They real, we ought to see it that particular way. The pleasures that we have and the problems that we face are all just temporary. And so we need to keep in mind, just like Peter mentions here in this verse, uh, in verse 1, when he starts out addressing this, he says that we're only strangers in this world. We're just passing through. We're just pilgrims. Just like those pilgrims that made that journey over here. You know, we're just pilgrims. We're strangers in the land. But this problem that we face is just going to be temporary. There's an old hymn that we used to sing. And it says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My home is far away, somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's distant shore, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Something happens that, you know, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My home is far away, somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me 
from heaven's distant shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore because my home is not here. This is just temporary. Amen. And so that tells me I can make it through anything that comes against me because it won't last. It's just temporary. That's, it's not forever. Man, I want to tell you, when I learned that, when I got a hold of that, when I caught that, it changed my life. People say, Pastor, how can you be so happy and have peace in the midst of a difficult or this problem? Because it ain't going to last forever. I learned that hips don't last forever, that, that teeth don't last forever, you know, uh, you know, that, you know hair don't last forever. <laughs> Things don't last forever in this life, amen? But one thing I have learned is that, hey, I'm going to last forever over there, amen? And that no matter what comes against me, I can have victory in it because it's just temporary. If I can see it, it's just temporary. Oh, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. I've got a home somewhere over there. Amen. And he's prepared it for me. Um, Henry Ford, he said this. He said, most people spend more time and energy going around problems than trying to solve problems. More energy trying to, you know, get around and, and then just, hey, you know what? Get, through, get on through it. Just get on through it. There's a, a, a short two-step problem, or, or, or I mean a, a two-step formula for dealing with problems. Here it is, just two things. That you, this is all you need to know to solve or to, or to deal with problems. Not necessarily solve them, but to deal with problems. Two steps. First of all, don't sweat the small stuff. Number two, it's all small stuff. <laughs> Don't sweat the small stuff. And number two, it's all small stuff. Just like he said, it's only temporary. It's not going to last forever. So don't worry about it. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, it really, it's a matter of perspective. Remember, you've heard the things like, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Someone's problem, somebody might do, oh, that's no big deal. And somebody else is like, oh, my goodness, the sky is falling, and I don't know what I'm going to do next. It's a matter of perspective. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us, when we look at our problems, they don't seem so small. They seem huge. But what, are we put, what perspective are we looking at that problem? A long time ago, uh, you know, I heard this saying, and I liked it. It's, we need to look beyond our difficulties and see God and all his possibilities. So in the light of God and who he is and how big God is, this is just a small problem. See, it's all a matter of perspective. How are you looking at that problem? If you look at that problem, you're gonna, it's going to seem real big, but you need to be looking at God. It's like taking a quarter and comparing it to the sun. Well, a quarter is barely an inch wide in, di and, you know, in, in diameter, but... The sun is millions of miles. But you take that quarter and you put it close enough to your eye and you can block the sun and that quarter seems bigger than what the sun is. But it's not. It's just the perspective. It's how you're looking at it, right? So sometimes we can look at our problems so much instead of looking at God and our problem seems to be so much bigger than God. That's why it says, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Peter talks about, you know, that we need to see him. We need to see God. You know, speaking of perspective, uh, one person's, their definition of an alcoholic is, is uh, one who drinks too much. 
And the other person's perspective is one who can't drink enough. And some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it's, it's your perspective on things. You know, uh, Hen- Henry Kaiser said, problems are only opportunities in work clothes. It's your perspective, how you see it. Is it an opportunity or is it a setback? You know, we, I preached a message on, you know, it's, it, there's no setbacks, they're just setups. It's to set you up for a comeback, you know. It's a problem is an opportunity. And I like what he said, pro- problems are just opportunities in work clothes. You know, and so think of the biggest problem that you're facing right now, that you're going through right now, problem that can't be solved. And uh, I, I want you to then put it in the perspective that God is so much bigger than all your problems. You can endure anything when you know that it's not going to last forever. When you get, look at that problem and say, you're not going to last forever. I'm going to outlast you. This thing's going away. This pro- problem, you're going away. Mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea. Amen. You're going away. You're not going to be here forever. I'm going to outlast you. And I'm going to develop something in me far greater than what this problem could ever bring into my life. So Peter reminds us that when you're going through problems that can't be solved, when you're going through some tough living, that remember that they are only temporary. Number two, not only are problems just temporary, that problems don't have to make you miserable. Problems do not have to make you miserable. And think about that for a second. If you say, I'm just miserable. If you're miserable... Not only are you feeling miserable, but you are miserable to everyone else who comes in contact with you. <laughs> All right, you know? <laughs> you know somebody like that. <laughs> problems don't have to make you miserable. Do you know anybody that when they're going through some problems, I mean, everybody has to be involved in it. Drama. It's drama everywhere, you know? And because they're feeling miserable, because they're overwhelmed, everybody ought to be overwhelmed with them. Amen? You know, how could the pilgrims talk about Thanksgiving in the midst of all of these challenges that they're going through and, and losing loved ones and, and all of this horrible winter and everything that was going on? You know, why not just, as uh, they told Job, why not just curse God and die? How can you even think about giving praise to God in the midst of these things? But those pilgrims, they gave thanks to God and that he was present with them in the midst of their uh, adversities and um, they knew that the struggles didn't have to make them bitter that the struggles could make them better you don't have to be bitter you can be better in these things the problem doesn't have to make you miserable you know those the remaining pilgrims the fathers mothers sons and daughters there in that um, that winter of 1620 and 21 they placed their trust in God and they persevered you know, uh, through all of those things, and um, they endured those things to lay the enduring foundations of this new na- this nation that we live in. And Thanksgiving Day, sixteen twenty one. You know, they didn't just celebrate wild turkey and whatever else that they had. No, they were celebrating God and and being thankful to Him for what He had given to them and how He had encouraged them. Listen to the writings here. Uh, William Bradford says, Though they should lose their lives in this action, he goes on to say, Yet they might have comfort in the same 
all great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties and must be both in enterprised and overcome with answerable courage. They didn't get miserable out of this thing. He says uh, that all of these things, we might gain comfort in, in this, that all great and horrible or, or, and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties. These challenges, these great difficulties, you know what? Um, we're, we've launched on a great adventure, and uh, why should we, we be surprised that, that we're having challenges? And so they didn't let it make them miserable. They let it make them, you know, better out of the whole thing. Peter writes there in verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice. Do you? <laughs> in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you, have, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter's making a reference here uh, to all the good things that God had given them in the first you know, verses 3 through 5 above it. He lists these things. He says, basically he says that we've received God's mercy. We have been given new birth and a new life. We can live this life with a sense of hope and optimism. We need not be afraid of death because Jesus conquered death. We have an eternal inheritance that, that is, uh, can never be destroyed. We are protected by God's power until the end of time. He says, because of all these things, you ought to greatly rejoice in all these things. And so basically, if, if all these things are true that he just wrote about in the first five verses then we don't need to allow a, a few temporary problems to rob us of our happiness look at all these other things that we can rejoice about the things that are most important can never be taken away God's mercy God's power eternal life those things can never be taken away he says so be thankful for that during World War II Dr. Viktor Frankl was imprisoned by the Nazis because he was a Jew. His wife, his children, and parents were killed in the Holocaust. And at one point, the prison guards cut his wedding band off of his finger. And at uh, this time, Frankel said to himself, and I quote, You can take away my wife and children. You can strip me of my clothes and my freedom. But there is one thing no person can ever take away from me. And that is my freedom to choose how I will react to what happens to me. Although all these things were happening to him, he says, I still have the freedom to choose how I'm going to respond to these things. And he says, and I'm going to respond in such a way that I can still rejoice down in here because I know who I am. See, I rejoice by choice. Not because the circumstance dictate to me to rejoice. Oh, it's, all, it's easier to, to rejoice when things are going good. But can you choose to rejoice when things are challenging? Paul said rejoice in the Lord all time, at all times. And again, I say rejoice. And he was writing that from prison. <laughs> so it's a choice. It's our choice how we will respond or react to trials and tribulation. Peter says, uh, even though we suffer grief, that we ha have every reason to rejoice because of God's goodness towards us. And if we remember that, no, that problems are only temporary and that they don't have to make us miserable, then you know what? We can look to God and we can draw strength from him and from his character to make it through and we can rejoice. Number three, Peter says... He encourages us to remember not only that the problem is temporary, that, that the problem doesn't have to make us miserable. He says, the problem will help me grow. He says, I'm going to get something out of this thing. A lot of times, I, I saw this little statement that says, um, 
when you're, when you're climbing, reach for the branches, not the blossoms. You know, in our life, we need to find those things that are the strengths in our life. When we're growing and in our challenges and our difficulties, when we're having to grow and we're having to climb, we want little blossoms in our life, you know. But you grab a hold of those, well, they pull off real easy. But it's those strong branches that really get us through. It's those principles of faith. It's God's principles in our life where we can grab a hold of those things and we can climb out of any problem, any, any hole, any challenge that, that comes against us. You know, there's a, a principle in Scripture that many of us, we've tried to resist it all of our lives, and, uh, but we can't sidestep it, we can't avoid it, and that principle is pain precedes growth. Say it with me, pain precedes growth. Growing pains. You know, you can't have growth without pain. I, I wish pleasure caused uh, growth. <laughs> But it doesn't. Pleasure causes me to relax and, and, you know, and enjoy kind of where I am. Just sit back and relax for a while. But pain causes me to get up and move. Uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's because of my hip replacement that something's changed in there, you know. Obviously, the, uh, you know, things have changed in there. But uh, if I, I've got a lazy boy recliner. And it doesn't allow me to be too lazy. <laughs> if I sit in that just right, something happens, and man, I'll get a cramp on the inside of my leg. And I want to tell you something, you never saw me move so fast. <laughs> and uh, pain does something to you. It'll get you up out of the midst of whatever that is and get you moving, you know. Uh, pain does produce growth in our life. You can't have a uh, growth without it. And, um, you know, that old slogan, no pain, no gain, that's really scriptural. It really is. Um, you know, there's no gain without the pain of discipline in our life or perseverance. That's tough. To perseverance means to continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. Do you continue to follow God's principles in spite of the opposition or difficulty? People want to pray, you know, or, or, or do things when, when it's good. Well, when they'll say, well, when, when I get this raise, then I'm going to, I'm going to, give God the first fruits of my income yeah. or when I get such and such taken care of well wait a minute why can't you do it now well because it's too tough things are too tough if you can't do it now what makes you think that you're going to do it then because when you do it out of those in those difficulties you're developing discipline and perseverance that are those strengths of those branches those that you can climb out of this thing and it develops a character within us an eternal glory that far outweighs the problem You know, just like every workout, every exercise workout will bring strength and build strength in the athlete, every trial and tribulation that we have is going to produce some strength, some spiritual strength in us. You know, Peter says there in verse 7, these problems, I'll answer, these problems have come so that your faith, and he says, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Jesus Christ will be revealed in you, and he'll be revealed in your circumstance, in your situation. If you're looking for him, do you look for Jesus in your problems? You know, we usually see what we're looking for. If you're looking for a red pickup truck, you'll probably see a whole bunch of red pickup trucks on the road, right? What you start to look for, you, you set in your mind, and you usually see what you're looking for. And so if you're looking for more problems, you're going to find more problems. But if you're looking for Jesus in the midst of that, you're going to see Jesus show up. 
And said, wow, isn't that cool? You know, while this was happening, Jesus showed up. And, we had, and he developed something in me. And it's going to produce, as he said, glory, honor and, uh, when Jesus Christ is revealed. I jotted down this, this saying. I'm working on it. I'm memorizing this. It says, there, there's no oil without squeezing the olives, no wine without crushing the fruit, and no real joy without sorrow. That's true. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised, beaten for our iniquities, and by his stripes we're healed. Something was produced out of that, an eternal glory. Amen. And, and we benefit from it. You know, many of you here this morning are facing some problems, some storms that you didn't cause and you can't solve. And... Um, they're just too strong for you to handle and to weather them on your own. But there's some good news here. Peter tells us how we can get through this thing. That problems are just temporary. They don't last forever. They don't have to make you miserable. That's a sign that you can laugh in the devil's face. When he throws everything he can against you and you just kind of brush it off and smile and say, Is that all you got? Is that all? Oh, that's all you got? <laughs> Better look out, devil. As we say in Texas, I'm fixing to show a little eternal glory right here in the midst of this. Whether or not you cause the storm or the problem, that's irrelevant. Doesn't matter whether you caused it, somebody else caused it. You know, you think somebody else caused it, you're going to be mad at them and you're going to have your eyes on them and all that stuff and you're going to be seeing them and everything else then that they do rather than seeing Jesus and what he can do for you when somebody else caused your problem. Or if you think that you caused it, you get to look in at yourself and your situation and maybe, well, if I hadn't had it so hard, if, I hadn't, if I'd had better parents, if I'd had a better this, if I'd had a better that, if I'd had a better education, if I had a better car, if I had a, oh my goodness, you're never going to have the best of anything when, that's thinking, when you had that kind of mentality. But when you say, I got the best in Christ, he's always giving you better. Isn't that good? And when you're thankful for that, he says, well, you be, you're thankful over that. Just wait to see what I got now. Oh, boy, I'm really going to bless you now. God loves to do that. But when we get our eyes down on things that we think, you know, if, if that caused me to have this problem, that's all we're seeing, and we become miserable. And that problem extends, and we keep extending that problem. We keep giving permission to that problem to work in our life because we are encouraging that problem because we're looking at it and looking around and seeing who caused that, and we're feeding the problem. And whatever you feed grows. Whatever you starve dies. We need to feed our spirit with the word of God so we grow and let this character, this eternal glory grow in us and let this problem starve to death. You know, you need to realize that if you're a child of God, that a storm is really not a storm. It's just a rainy day. <laughs> it's just a rainy day. And it's going to pass. It's going to pass over. And that you're going to be able to be victorious in all things. God's promise is that eventually you're going to win the game. We win. I read the end of the book. We win. You know, it might be a rain delay right now. I preached a series of messages a long time ago, Delay is Not Denial. 
And, you know, sometimes we don't see it happening right there. But you know what? It's just temporary. Those are just delays. It's not a denial of what God has promised to us. And we're going to know that. We're going to move on. You know, uh, you're going to have problems that you can't solve. We all do. We all will. But remember that those problems are just temporary. They're, they're only temporary. They're not going to last forever. And that God can develop within you a strength that far outweighs all these problems and eternal glory. And this problem does not, does not have to make you miserable. You can learn how to rejoice in the midst of that problem. And people will be seeing you rejoice when things are falling apart. And they'll wonder, how can you do that? It gives you an opportunity then to bring forth some fruit in the midst of that. And that just makes the devil even more upset and more frustrated. Bow your heads with me this morning. I want you to know something today that the problems that you face are not meant to take the strength out of you, but to put strength into you. I challenge you to use the tough times as an opportunity for thanksgiving and a chance to grow closer to God. Now I want you to think of the biggest problem that you're facing right now. I want you to, to get it in view. I want you to see the biggest problem that you're facing right now. Now I want you to remind yourself, this isn't going to last forever. This isn't going to last forever. It's just temporary. Things are about to change. Things are about to change. You can make it through anything if you know that it's not forever. It's about to change. We call that a breakthrough. <laughs> I want you to, deter to determine that you're not going to allow this problem to make you miserable. That you're not going to let it suck the joy out of you. You're not going to let it keep you from rejoicing in the Lord. You're not going to let it take thanksgiving out of you. I challenge you to begin to rejoice in who God is in the midst of the storm. He can calm the winds and waves of this world. He can calm the winds and waves of the challenges that you're going through. He is the master of all things. Jesus. No greater name <laughs> than Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Wind and waves bow before him. Graves open up. The dead rise. Blind eyes see. Deaf ears hear. What? in the world could be so impossible that God could not take care of it. He makes the impossible possible in the impossible times. And you need to expect him to do that and thank him in advance. Rejoice that you know that he's for you and, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. In 2013, in September 2013, I woke up in the, the CCU hospital. And when I woke up with a ventilator down my throat, couldn't talk verbally, but I woke up with a shout saying, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I might be down, but I'm not out. And I choose to rejoice in the king of glory because this thing's just temporary. I've been in the hospital. I've been down. They, they lost me three times. But hey, you know what? That's just temporary. 
It's not over till he says it's over. Amen. So this problem that you've got, this biggest problem that you're facing right now, I want you to just tell your problem, you're just temporary. You're just temporary. You're not going to last forever. I'm going to rejoice in the midst of this thing. It's not going to make me miserable. And I'm going to grow. I'm going to have a growth spurt during this season of my life more than any other time in my life. This thing's going to produce a strength and eternal glory, a growth in me that like I've never experienced growth before. I'm going to come out of this thing better, not bitter. Better, not bitter. Do you believe that? All right, stand with me this morning. Another thing that Viktor Frankl said, when you're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. You can't handle the... If you can't do anything about the problem, you can do something about you. You can do something about this attitude that you have. you got to have a checkup from the neck up, amen? And you need to say, you know what? I'm going to rejoice in this thing, and I'm going to grow out of this thing. I'm going to come out of this thing stronger than I went into it. I'm going to come out of this thing better than I went into it. I'm going to come out of this thing blessed more than I was when I went into it. I'm going to have more harvest when I come out of this thing. Praise God. Now, Father, I thank you for it right now. We hear the word of the Lord today. Now, Father, that this mountain, this problem is just temporary. It is not eternal. And we say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Get out of the way. We choose to rejoice. I want you to rejoice right now in, in who God is. If you're facing some uh, physical sickness problems, rejoice that, that God is the healer. He is Je Jehovah uh, uh, Rapha. He is the God that heals you. Rejoice. You choose to rejoice in who he is. If you're uh, facing a financial problem, rejoice that he is Jehovah Jireh. He's the one that provides and supplies all that you need. If you're going through some disillusion right now, not knowing what to do next, where to turn, I want you to rejoice that the that Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd, the counselor, the one that that uh, is with you, that leads you and guides you uh, and directs you. And yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you to comfort you. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemy. He's going to take care of you. You can rejoice that even though I don't know where I'm going, I don't know where I am in this thing, I don't know how I'm going to come out of it, I'm going to follow the shepherd. He is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Boy, I almost feel a preach coming on on that. No matter what your problem, no matter what your situation, it's only temporary. It doesn't have to make you miserable. And you can grow out of this thing and you can come out of this thing better than you ever thought that you could. You believe it? Say, Father, I believe it. I am, I'm receiving it. I'm going to put it into effect. I'm coming out of this thing better than anybody ever thought. Stronger than ever before. With an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him praise this morning. Come on, you can do better than that.